At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Wednesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa F, Fubo, Slate, Gay Plus, iHeart, YouTube, TV. Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Good morning to you, Jeffrey. You good? You all good? Yes? No? One more one more day till football, Gil. One more. <laughs> or as we call it, Tuesday and Wednesday, where's my football days? Uh, we will talk football with Michael Lombardi later on the show. I, we, one segment does not seem sufficient with Lombardi. I, I, gotta ask, I have so many questions to ask, and we will do that later in the show. A whole bunch of baseball today as well. Josh Towers. Boy, do I have questions for Josh, specifically tailored to his playing days. Like, do teams... You know, if you're betting baseball this last week, are the teams that are out of it, in his experience, are you really one, two, three Cancun in your head already? Are you already just checked out? Talking about the Padres and other teams like that. Also, what were the Mets doing last night with Syndergaard? Um, so many things to ask of him. Obviously, the awards. Who would he give the awards to finally here? Cardinals win streak. They got nothing else to play for, but they have a 17-game winning streak. Do they care about such things? Player-focused questions with Josh Towers. Jason Weingart will be here as well. Whole bunch to talk with Jason about. I'm sure he wants to talk a, uh, AL Rookie of the Year as well. Wander Franco still sitting out there at 11-1. to 1. And the big question with these awards, do they really reflect the betting markets and the betting numbers? What reality is? That's the one thing I think we miss here as bettors. We're so close to the sun, you know, on our bets, that is there a possibility that voters aren't even thinking anything like we are as bettors? Is there a possibility that, and again, it comes down to, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine in San Francisco, and he's like, hey, uh, he's not a better, but he's like, hey, Gil, so uh, like Brandon Crawford's definitely the NL MVP, right? 
That's what I'm talking about. Like, maybe we're all completely wrong. We'll talk to Jason about that as well. Uh, let's start, though, and Jeff and I will talk random football things like Offensive Rookie of the Year. Owen McHale, ladies and gentlemen, fresh off his F1 victory on Lewis Hamilton, which he could not be more braggadocious about, by the way, as a minus-150 favorite. We'll get a good two, three minutes with uh, McHale, who was born in Houston, raised in Dubai as an Englishman, F1 picks. If I get bored after 90 seconds, then we'll just scuttle him off the way. Uh, but let's start with Adam Kramer, as we always do Wednesday morning. Always proud to talk college football with Adam. Kegs and eggs on Twitter. An analyst at Bleacher Report, and of course, also for VEASAN.com. How you doing, Adam? You good? I'm doing good, man. This is a good week of football, so is- I'm, I'm- – I'm pumped. This is as good as it gets, frankly, I think, for this season. So it, it's a big one. This is. I was saying yesterday, I said, this is not a good college football weekend. This is a spectacular college football weekend. Uh, before we get into some of the individual matchups you like, um, where do we stand on the Heisman? You just wrote on in your piece, your weekly piece, The Better's Guide to Week 5 this week in college football, how you know the, the, the matchup between Alabama and Ole Miss is really the short shot versus short shot Heisman Trophy uh, mano a mano this week between Bryce Young and Matt Corral. How do you play this? Corral, by the way, plus 160, Young plus 185, everybody else double digits and beyond. Do you do you go on a hunch with one of these guys before this game and bet that? Or do you? Or is there somebody else on the board that's a super long shot that you'd bet right now? I think we talked a little bit about this last week, which is actually what inspired the piece because I am a, a value seeker when it comes to Heisman betting. It's what I love to do. Devonta Smith last year, um, look, we talked about Matt Corral in the offseason, <clears throat> right before this began as somebody maybe to take a look at, mm-hmm. but I would wait, right? So what's interesting about this, when we've had these one-two Heisman games, whether it's, you know, Tua versus Kyler, which we had a couple of years ago, like, you know, you have these games that, um, like championship weekend, where you're looking to see who's going to do what, and you're running out. We got a lot of season left. So it's kind of an odd time for a race that feels really, really just strange to me. Uh, it's a long season, et cetera, et cetera. But when you actually look at it, to me, the guy that makes sense off the pace, and that's what I'm looking at. I wouldn't bet either of these two guys right now. I want to see both of them in this game, and I think they're both going to have enormous weeks. But JT Daniels really does make a lot of sense for me at Georgia, only because from a criteria standpoint, Georgia might be the best team in the country. We'll certainly learn a lot more this week. He plays the position that is uh, – always conducive to win this award. And there's a lot of season left, even though he's been injured and missed some time. So to me, he makes the most sense. But to the original point, look, both guys are under two to one right now. It's not great value. I'm excited to see it. And then the loser of this is by no means out of it. That's kind of the cool thing of this matchup being so early. Yeah, and a bunch of guys that we uh, thought more highly of in this market, way long odds at this point, that's for sure. DJ, 75 to one. Um, But I wouldn't bet that either at this point. No. Yeah. But there's a, there's, oh, there's invest, invest that in something else, you know, and, and Spencer Rattler looks broken, right? Like he, he, they, they, they look broken. Their fans are calling for the backup at Oklahoma. When it was, what odds could you have gotten on that before the season began? Spencer rattled, I believe is the more correct spelling there of that. If you would, Adam Kramer, thank you. I'll be here all night. All right. So here's the wow. deal. Let's start with Alabama and Ole Miss. Uh, because there's there's at least three or four outstanding football games this weekend, at least on paper. I asked this of you the last couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, said, okay, Florida, yeah, one thing to cover against Bama. What about their chance to win this outright? Also said that about NC State and Clemson last week. That got home for NC State in overtime. Probably should have happened in regulation. What about this old Miss Alabama game? It's a touchdown or 14 and a half, but what about an outright upset here? I still question it, quite honestly, because let's start with who they've played. 
right? Florida looks like they're a pretty decent team. Alabama went on the road and won that game. They beat Miami. I think you and I and a group of our friends might be able to beat Miami, so I'm not really going to count that as much of our uh, much of a resume builder. But who has Ole Miss beaten, right? Louisville, uh, they beat Tulane by – they could have beat them by 100, and Tulane's not bad. But the problem I have with this game is both the, the environment and what's led up to this point. Now, I'm look at Matt Corral. I am not a quarterback whisperer. Right, I'm a Jets fan, so clearly I know very little about quarterbacks. I've rooted for all of these quarterbacks that have been bad. But I look at Corral and I see like the number one pick in the draft, unless the Jets are drafting. So he looks really good. But I also question just the dynamics of the rest of this Ole Miss team. The defense is, is definitely swarming to the ball. There's been massive improvements. I think the really interesting thing about this game in general, you had 113 points in this game last year, yeah. right? 63 to 48, 113, I believe. So. Alabama's defense looked broken in that game, and Ole Miss obviously was not playing well on that side of the ball. Both defenses have gotten considerably better. Neither is a brick wall. So I think you're going to get points. I, I kind of think this could end up under the total, and it, it feels like a hot take to say they won't score 80 points. But I feel like, to me, as I evaluate this game, it sort of starts there. I say that, of course, and they're going to break 100, and it'll be a five-hour game, and that's probably right. I, I struggle with the the line here. I struggle with it. I think it's a really good line. I think Alabama, though, this is one of those games where everybody just seems to be riding the Ole Miss wave. And this might be one of those moments where Ole Miss has a bit of a wake-up call. Doesn't mean they're a bad team. I think they're a really good team. I just think this is kind of an Alabama spot that, that suits them, and it certainly suits Nick Saban. Yeah, there's at least five people out there who are screaming 111 points last year, but that but your point is still well taken that it was 60, See, 60, is, Yeah, I need more coffee. <laughs> uh, 63 to 48 though, and so you're right. If there's any, I mean, if you look at it that way, if there's any market improvement to the defense of Ole Miss. You know, they put up 48 on them last year. Should be fascinating. Should be fascinating. Those those 111 points that was like a cartoon football game. Yes. If you remember, it was yes. it was drives were taking you know eight to to 15 seconds. So, math aside, my bad math aside, I think it'll be a bit of a different game. And again, I really like what Lane is doing. Uh, I love, again, the quarterback play, everything in this game. It, this is why you love college. For me, this is, I can distance myself from actually the total or the spread. And this is why I invest my time in this ridiculous, stupid sport. <laughs> college football, it is what it is. Copyright Jeff Parlay. All right, Georgia, Arkansas. Arkansas has beaten Texas and Texas A&M already. Uh, in many respects, they are the most buzzworthy team in college football. But it's your it's your boys at Georgia. We know how you're in the tank for Georgia, so I, I anticipate the answer to this. But what about Arkansas here covering at least? I, I just think this point spread is is fascinating. You've got the probably the biggest story of the young season in Arkansas. And what I haven't looked since last night. So 18, 18 and a half is kind of where this number is settled in around. Um, so that's a huge number. And for a lot of people who went and watched last week and saw, you know, Arkansas play, albeit against a backup quarterback, and play a really convincing game against the Texas A&M team, frankly, I don't necessarily that has looked all that great. They're going to say, give me those points. I think Georgia is a special kind of monster. This year, I, obviously, and I, I'm invested in this on a future standpoint. So I want to try and distance myself from my future betting. And I'm, I think Georgia's going to win this game. We're talking about the spread. To me, when you look at Arkansas, you know, A&M defensively, I thought played a decent game. Arkansas took advantage of mistakes. Arkansas is a really good team. 
I think the level of competition, once again, the environment, it's something you and I have talked about quite a bit over the mm-hmm. first month change of the season, how big of a difference that's going to make. I think this is a, a different beast. Now, Georgia could have beat Vanderbilt. But I, I wish Georgia would have played without caring about Vandy's feelings last week because I think it would have been 140 to nothing. Yes. Like if they wanted to, it would have been like you and me and Madden, like playing the AI at the lowest possible level. This is not that, but I still think that this is a special, a really special Georgia team. JT Daniels is healthy. They're getting Darnell Washington, their tight end back. If you've not seen Darnell Washington play, he is a six foot seven, 265 pound tight end. He's a power forward. And he is going to unlock a lot of dynamics to this offense, frankly, that I think they've been missing. It's already really good. So, yes, I absolutely lean Georgia in this game. All right. Uh, we have uh, just 30 seconds here before the break. I want to keep you just for one question afterwards. But, sure. but Iowa-Maryland Friday night, um, three and a half in favor of Iowa. A good 4-0 and versus 4-0 and game that we would not have expected. I hate this game as an Iowa fan. I hate it. I hate this line. I hate the Friday night. It's terrifying. All of it. Right, um, Iowa has the number one thirteen passing offense in the country. Somebody's going to have to fact check me on that because I'm botching my math today already. But it's bad, right? And if you watch their passing offense, it's not been good. This is a really tricky spot. The younger Tungavaloa brother, who should be one of the biggest stories in college football, and is having a really remarkable, very efficient start to his season, is somehow not being covered. Yeah, that seems like a big story to me. I think I think this is a really really concerning spot for Iowa. I would absolutely lean Maryland here. Ooh, from an Iowa alum, pretty strong. Uh, hang sad, out with like, hang out with me for a few more minutes. I want to ask you about Cincinnati Notre Dame. We'll come back. Adam Kramer, everybody, on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet three six five. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football season is here, and it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred. Jeffrey Parlay, you're a New York Mets. The thirty for thirty four part Once Upon a Time in Queens docu series. I watched it, binged it yesterday. Spectacular. You have not seen the whole thing yet. I, I saw the first two parts. I know it predates your existence here on planet Earth. Yeah, I was minus. I was minus seven. Yeah, but let me just say the nineteen hundred eighty six baseball postseason, maybe the greatest postseason of them all, and. They didn't even cover, obviously, the AL part of it, which is a whole other drama. But worth it just for the Lenny Dykstra parts alone. Just incredible. Gave himself the nickname Nails. I, I missed that little tidbit. I didn't know he gave himself that nickname. I'll give myself a nickname later on the show, maybe. All right. Let's talk some more college football. Adam Kramer standing by. Kegs and Eggs on Twitter once again. Bleacher Report, VEASAN.com. Uh, we didn't talk about a another game of consequence this weekend at college football. Cincinnati and Notre Dame, with the Bearcats obviously having their sights on glory uh, later this season for a playoff. Notre Dame sort of squeaking by week after week. Where do you stand on this game? I struggle with this game, and I'm, I'm willing to admit that after you know what we saw last week, which, by the way, if you had the under, I had the over in Notre Dame-Wisconsin. Um, that was a gift. Oh. Three non-offensive touchdowns. Uh, we're getting back to our Alabama days when Alabama used to do that stuff regularly and break totals. But no, that was rough. That that second half was really, really bizarre. So what do we do with that, right? What do we do with that with Notre Dame and Cincinnati? And then I'm still 
Look, I, I'm still on tilt from that Indiana bet I lost against Cincinnati. I'm okay to admit that. <laughs> I don't normally have like multi-week hangovers, but when you look back at Cincinnati versus Indiana, which was its most meaningful game of the year, Cincinnati had what four turnovers, a kick return, they allowed a kick return for a touchdown. They did a lot of things wrong to let uh, Cincinnati win that football game. This feels like one of those zombie football teams that's just going to kind of walk away. And when I say that, I mean Notre Dame. It's going to kind of walk its way through a season just dodging these tremendous bombs all year long. I tend to lean Notre Dame a little bit in this game. Mm. Like, like Cincinnati's quarterback play, I like the running back play. I don't necessarily trust this team. And, again, I don't know if Indiana – it's another team that you and I, I think have been pretty spot on about, frankly. Yeah. We don't know about them either. So I, I think Notre Dame – hopefully found something last week. I'd lean on the Irish, but this is, again, one of those games where you hope to figure some things out. I feel like we're going to get to, like, middle of November, and I, I'm going to be saying that still about Notre Dame. Like, hey, this is the week maybe I learned something. I, I perhaps have to learn a little bit more, but this is a huge week, obviously, from a playoff standpoint, too, for both of these teams. So it sounds like you, of all those that we talked about, you like Maryland the best of the bunch. Am I right in that? Yeah, I think so. And, again, this is a as a – as a pessimist, and I like Georgia, too, quite a bit. I think Georgia, I think, is a solid play against the spread. This is just your classic Iowa game, man. This is where they break my heart. You got Penn <laughs> State coming up at yeah. home. right? Yeah. This is Penn State at home for one of the biggest games in Iowa history, that Penn State game, if they were both undefeated. And this is the look-ahead game, and you just watch them play right now, and it is not easy on the eyes. And also, here's the other problem with Iowa. When you look at now their schedule, Okay, they beat Indiana. Well, Indiana, I just ranted about them. We're, we know them. Is Iowa State any good? Yeah. We know that they got, were off-season champions, right? They just lost to Baylor, which I don't know, uh, even despite being undefeated. Uh, there's a theme here, by the way. Is anybody any good? So I think Iowa's two wins have not exactly aged particularly well. So it's a scary spot. Again, it's an interesting line, too, when you look at AP rankings versus unranked, the, the where the game is being played, the quarterback, all of it, I think, is a formula for for trouble, frankly, for my Hawkeyes. Oh, Adam, that's been my theme here for the whole college football season, I think week after week, which is nobody's any good. Maybe Alabama is, right? Nobody else. And and coaches that people love to canonize, like Lincoln Riley, like Dabo Swinney, I think we're learning about them as well. Um, just me, you know, spitballing. It's, by the way, if that is the theme, that makes for a wonderful football season. Yes, agree. Like, everybody kind of pinballing around, and I'm doing power rankings this year, like ranking the top 50 teams for the first time in I don't know how long. And goodness, I forgot about how hard that is when nobody is any good. Like last week, I get after like two and I'm, well, I guess Oregon, right? Like, but usually you get to 10 or 11. No, I got to three and I started to question how I should proceed. So, but that's great, by the way, from a betting standpoint, you could find unique value every week from an entertainment standpoint. It's, it's really great. And yet, you know, turning back full center to week five, I think it could be kind of chalky. Maybe Maryland wins, but even that isn't necessarily, a, obviously from a Vegas standpoint, not really a big upset. I think this week ultimately could be a bit on the chalky side. The Notre Dame thing, too, I, I wanted to say this when you brought it up. You, got, you said you got super fortunate, obviously, the over. I thought about people who were in-game undering that repetitively. And you know there's at least one or two people out there who were doing that. <laughs> And it was just one ridiculous play after another. I'm like, yeah. these people are getting smoked. Like, they could be losing all their money in one fell swoop on a Saturday morning because that was just uh, insane. I, 
I, I translate it to the UFC main event that I watched and enjoyed very much of Ortega laying on the ground, being punched in the face repeatedly uh, last week. That is probably what that felt like because it, <laughs> that game couldn't end quickly enough. And yet I feel like that second half legitimately took like two and a half hours. It was a never ending oh. game. Uh, last thing of all the games. So we've, we've mentioned a bunch of the marquee games, but if there's one we haven't mentioned that you're looking the most forward to, it would be what? I've got a bunch, but I'll say this. Stanford, Oregon is really curious to me. It's it, And that's a game that I have a connection to because there was a stretch of existence where that was one of the biggest games in football, right? In college football, that was the game we circled sure. when it was chip and they were doing these things. But I really think that Stanford has found something with Tanner McKee. I know they lost last week against UCLA. I covered on UCLA. I, I never felt good about that game the entire time. Stanford was threatening to blow that bet up throughout. I see the eight there. I'm a, I'm a contrarian seeker. I'm a contrarian player. I think Stanford, again, when they made that quarterback change, looked a lot different. Oregon last week against Arizona, they won that game comfortably, at least from a score standpoint. That game was never all that comfortable. There's some concerning things you saw in that game, offensively, defensively. I really think Stanford can push. I think both uh, Pac-12 games, too. Arizona State, UCLA is a doozy of a game. Right? We got games from, like, good games from Thursday to, like, Sunday morning in college football. That's another one where I'd probably lean with the dog. I think Arizona State, Jaden Daniels, I thought played a really, really good game. I think this is a big spot for Arizona State. I'm, I like the dog in there, and I potentially like them outright. So are you thinking for, with, the, with the playoff, I lied, one more question. Um, of course. Two SEC teams, Big Ten champ, and one of Oregon, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. Does that sound about right right now? That's that's it, right? Because where are you where are you finding a team from the sky? Is, is this the year we get three teams from the SEC? That was my first thought in kind of reevaluating the playoff this year. I don't think they would do that. But if there was ever a year for it, if Cincy is to lose, if Notre Dame is to lose a couple of games, Oregon loses Stanford, by the way, which I think is actually possible. Yeah. All of a sudden, um, you know, Oklahoma is going to, you know, at some point, this is probably going to be come undone unless they don't change things. So is this the year? And that, that's there's your fourth team, potentially. Is this the year for three SEC teams? Ole Miss looks great. Phenomenal. This week, and Alabama wins. They play Georgia. Both those teams get in. Ole Miss lets wins out. How would you not have three SEC teams? I only got a lot to unpack here, but if there was ever a time for it, this feels like the season where all the ingredients at least are there to make that possible. It feels like, you know, we have an argument, and not, not you and I, but there's a national debate over who gets in the playoff every year. It feels like this year will be the most scattershot of those arguments. Like it's just, there's going to be splintered arguments in so many different directions. Whereas it used to be like, oh, this team versus that, the other team, uh, a versus B in other seasons. I just feel like we're going to have so many possibilities this year. Um, obviously that's what makes this fun, I guess fun in quotes. Um, but that's college yes. football, you know, I want it. I want it. I want a playoff that is broken, that is controversial, that people are really mad about. We've had some anger an A&M fan from last year, Cincinnati fan from last year, but true disruption to the format as they try and figure out what to do as all these conferences are against each other. This, I, I probably say this at this point every year, but this does feel like a year where all the dominoes are in place where we're going to get to six weeks from now, and it's going to be very, very cluttered. And this is a big part of that this week, quite honestly. That's why yeah. I'm so excited. So as the music plays us off here, if, we, if it's the two SEC team, one Big Ten team scenario, and then the uh, one of the other three mentioned, What's the Big Ten team someone might be interested in taking a flyer on? Maryland is at least intriguing. 
right? Because Penn State's not a, a flyer wow. team. But Maryland, but but you've got a quarterback. You've got some of the best skill position players in that conference. And you have a defense that's played pretty good. Now, you're talking flyer, right? To me, if I were to pick my playoff, I think it would be Penn State right now. I think they've played pretty well. I like what I've seen. I don't feel great about any of this. Look, if I'm going to say that Maryland's going to beat a team that showed something on Friday and they've got a quarterback, which is the missing piece to all this, you know what? That might be worth a crack. You have made College Park happy, Adam. Thank you, man. I appreciate it as always. All right. Take care, man. Adam Kramer, everybody. Kegs and Eggs on Twitter. Ready for VEASAN.com every week. A betters guide to week five. Check it out on the website. We'll come back. We'll talk baseball with Josh Towers. I got a bunch of questions. We'll talk awards as well. Right here on a numbers game at VEASAN. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VEASAN, the sports betting network. On Friday's episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, Belmont Park morning line writer David, or uh, let me pronounce that correctly, David Aragona of Time Form U.S. previews Saturday's Woodward Stakes. Starlight Racing's Jack Wolf talks about the horses he has racing during opening weekend at Santa Anita. Racing Post Scott Burton looks at Sunday's running of Europe's richest race. And VEASAN's Vinny Maolio handicaps weekend races. That's Maolio. Subscribe now at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher. Oh, it's Maliula. I'm sorry. Or download it Friday morning at VEASAN.com slash podcast. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod, sponsored by First Bet. Skill Alexander, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this gentleman's Twitter handle is no don't Josh because he reminds himself right before he presses send, no, don't Josh, and then he sends it anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, former major leaguer, VEASAN Bet Center host, Josh Towers. How you doing, Josh? I'm good, Gilly. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Greatest week. It's like the postseason before the postseason in baseball. Oh, it's fabulous. Let me. I, I just want to ask you a few questions. One, you came. You you most recently came from the Mets organization as a coach. What yes, what were they doing yesterday? Throwing Syndergaard out there. What was that about? I I think it's. Um, I actually liked it. It's been two years since he's been on the field. He tried to make that comeback earlier this year, and he just wasn't ready. I, I think it's getting the rust off. It's going through the routine. It's finishing a season. Even though we don't see him play, he's still out there every day, going through his five day routine like he was if he's starting. Uh, and it teaches him to finish the season. Plus, it gets the jitters, the excitement, the I'm back. It gets the I didn't get hurt again. It gets everything out of the way. Um, he may or may not go to instructional league. I'm not sure if, if they would send him there. Um, but now he gets to end the season on a note of pitching in the big leagues, and he gets to start his offseason like he normally would to be ready for spring training. So I think it's a really good thing that they did. Okay. I want to ask you about certain things. You you were a ball player. You've been in all kinds of situations down the stretch of a season and I want to ask you about different things one the Red Sox go into Baltimore you know they obviously have to win games the Red Sox now they're only a half game ahead of the Mariners for the final wild card position a one game lead over the Blue Jays they go into Baltimore they have Chris Sale on the hill and they lose uh how how many teams like how many times have you been in a situation where it's like the the proverbial must win games where you know, it, it, do, do you think that some of these teams, the, the sphincter just tightens and they just get really tight? I'm not saying that's what happened last night, but how often in your experience do must-win situations end up that way? Do you see that rampantly in baseball? I think uh, I think what you said is correct. Uh, I've been on, usually for me, it was we were already out of it for a long time and we were the losing <laughs> team that had no, nothing to play for as far as win, so it's just easier to go play, have fun, and, and screw around and and uh, the teams that I was on that won, we had won it so early that we just kind of cruised and got everybody ready 
for the postseason, kind of like what you see the White Sox doing. So um, I've never been in the, on a team that like had to win the last three or four games of the season. But again, I pitched against them all the time, and and I loved it. I used to always ask in Toronto if I can pitch the last day of the season, and a lot of people didn't want that. They just want to pack up and go home already. And I loved it because I knew it was a free win for me because either I was playing a team that didn't, it was already uh, on a flight, or I was playing a team that had to get in and the pressure was too much. And it's just easy for me because I had no expectation. So I, I was a big fan of it. So when you see the Orioles beat the Red Sox, to me, it's humorous because Boston has to win. And, and that's a not, it's not a good situation. It's not a good feeling to go out there and know you have to do something because you don't have to do anything. Just go play educated baseball and whatever happens, happens. And, and, and winning's a byproduct of preparation. And, and so I don't have to do anything. And the Baltimore Orioles have zero expectations. Mount Castle's having a fantastic finish to his season. They're kind of rooting for that. Um, and so now all of a sudden the Orioles are playing a little bit freer baseball. And I think it makes it tough for the Red Sox. Um, we see the pressure that the Yankees don't put on themselves, but the Blue Jays do. Last night was a must win for the Blue Jays. And we saw it again with Philadelphia. Charlie Morton has been in the situation many times in his career. Astros, Pittsburgh, he cut his teeth. And in, in Tampa where he was going to retire and then realizes, man, this is kind of fun. And I'm glad he didn't retire because I love watching him pitch. He didn't have any pressure. Zach Willer had a hundred and something million dollar pressure. Bryce Harper had some pressures last night. JT Real Muto definitely did. And they weren't able to deliver. So there's a lot of these situations that you have to factor in. I thought those were big games for Philly and Toronto last oh, night. Massive, massive. I mean, for all, all kinds of implications. And, and all of these questions designed to sort of inform betters. Because I do think if people are if people are thinking, oh, I'm just going to throw Boston in a parlay, just know that it's 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 not that easy, especially when you're playing a team, like you said, that is, has nothing to play for, completely loose. Let me ask you about another couple situations then. What about the narrative here? And these are all, again, as, as the Padres take on the Dodgers here, right? So the Padres are in our sub-500. They're out. Uh, vacation starts on Monday. And you said you've been on those teams a lot where, where you know, you're just playing out the string. As you look at the Padres as they play the Dodgers, and they're plus 250 dogs tonight against the Dodgers. Dodgers obviously still trying to catch the Giants with five games left down, too. But for the Padres, you know, are they literally in their heads like, okay, when is my flight to Cancun on Monday? Or do you think there's enough pride there where they're like, you know what, we could actually influence this, and we could, we would love nothing more than to see the Dodgers get knocked out and you know, have to play a wild card game and possibly get knocked out after a hundred plus win season. Where do you stand on that with the Padres? What's your hunch? It's mixed emotions, to be honest with you, man. It's it's because we're all in different situations as players in our careers and where our next contracts are coming from, or are we free agents, et cetera. And so, it's different. It, it this is something that I can never really explain. I don't know if I have the words to explain, but um, when you're out of it, the way they're out of it. You, like as, a, as an athlete, I still go out there and do my, my part to be successful. But there's that, that inner something inside you that knows you're out of it, that you've already started packing your crib. You already started to get things situated. You already started to pay the clubhouse attendance and everybody, and you're getting ready to, to depart on Sunday, if not Monday. And so I'm still going out there. I'm preparing the exact same way I always would, but I – I don't have that added something that 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 when you're in it, it brings out, it delivers, and it's a really weird feeling that mm. I can't really describe. But they don't have that, so those guys are going to go out there and put up competitive at bats. It's just not the same. It, it's just it, it's over. And who in the world had this team finishing under 500? Kudos to you. I didn't see this coming. 
Oh, boy. Well, I saw the Giants coming. I don't know that I saw the Padres being this bad. But that's an interesting answer, and that, that's why I ask you as a former ballplayer, because, you know, we, you hear the narrative, we all do, right? Like, oh, Padres, Dodgers, the Padres are going to win. You know, yeah, they, they still got it in the back of their mind. And, the studio is, is out of out of that camp, I heard somebody say, and obviously I've never named names, um, we fired the wrong dude. We fired a pitching coach that didn't need to be fired. He was not the guy that needed to go. There's other people that needed to go. And so if that's if I'm hearing this, then, then there are conversations amongst each other behind and on the field, and, and, and that's being talked about. And so that creates a native environment and a negative tongue to a team as well. That all, like, so, so like the Cardinals are only on a high. They're only talking about winning stuff and smiles on their faces and, and, and the Padres with them adopted for a long time. So there, there's that aspect as well. All right, so one more question here, and again, specifically for a guy who's actually played the game like yourself. So the Cardinals now have clinched the number two wild card, right? They have, they have not fall covers with a 17-game winning streak, 17 in a row. But they can't win the division, and there's nothing. They can't get to the number one wild card. They're just they're playing out the stream now. But again, a 17-game winning streak. So this is twofold. One, do you think teams, I know that you've never been on a team that's won 17 in a row, but do you think that that matters to these players? Again, this informs tonight. St. Louis hosting Milwaukee. St. Louis is a is a slight dog in this game consensus. Um, oh, no, that's, uh, that's uh, pardon me, that they're a slight, that's about a coin flip, let's call it. Maybe even a slight dog with Nicholas on the bill. They're also playing the team, uh, a team in the Brewers that has had nothing to play for a long time. So will that, the, the question then being, does that winning streak mean enough to those players, that even though they have nothing else to play for, that they'd like to just see how far this is going to go? Uh, yes. So this is interesting with these two teams, too, because it's so close to the end of the year. They had to put something like this together to get into the postseason. The fact that they did it is, is amazing. 17 wins comes, and this is the important part, in so many different facets, whether they were winning and the starting pitching dominated or they were losing and there was a clutch hit. The back of the lineup, the middle of the lineup, the beginning of the lineup, everybody came through. The bullpen had to step up multiple times. Starters, like – Everybody in every which way you can win a baseball game over the last 17 games, they did. And so they proved in themselves that we do have a team that we can now trust every aspect. And we have guys in roles that can do and are doing the job that's necessary. So this momentum is, is, is enormous. Now, five games left in the season, I get to back off a little bit. I'm watching the video on MLB.com and you see this, you see a lot of smiles you also see this like uh, this sense of like relief, which makes me think that this might be a play on the Brewers' day. Um, with that said, this is where coaching becomes so important. This is where the White Sox. I thought, okay, they. I, I thought they started taking too much time off, but they did it early in in September, and now they're starting to get everybody back on rotation. And did they give themselves enough time to be ready to go? Uh, and Milwaukee's the same way. With Milwaukee, though, Woodruff still isn't winning. He might be pitching, but he ain't winning baseball games. None of them really are. And so are they questioning that, or are they okay because they know the situation they're in? Again, this is where the coaching comes into play. And so, yeah, yeah guys might start days off and rest like for St. Louis, but we have to prepare as professionals the exact same way every time, and that's the important part. Tribe won 22 in a row, 2017. A's won 20 earlier this century. Cardinals at 17. That's a coin flip with the Brewers tonight. Josh, appreciate the insights as always, man. Talk to you later, buddy. Josh Towers.
from VEASAN, right here on the Numbers Game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk more baseball with Jason Weingarten and Jeff and I. Look at some Offensive Rookie of the Year numbers. It's a Numbers Game right here at VEASAN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is a numbers game, just like the man said. Brent Musburger, kind enough to uh, intro us. Skill Alexander, it's all brought to you by BetMGM here on a numbers game. Get your payout before the game's out with BetMGM. It's a money line wager on any Thursday night football game. And if your team is up by 10 or more points at halftime, you win. That's a full payout for only half the game, no matter what happens the rest of the way. Simply go to your BetMGM account, opt in each week to the Thursday night halftime payout promotion. And if you want to keep things rolling, try BetMGM's extensive live betting options in the third quarter or use your winnings to place a one-game parlay on Sunday. New to BetMGM? Just download the app. Do it already and see how you can turn halftime into cash time. Make a money line bet on Thursday night, and if your team's up by 10 or more, you'll win at the half. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, opt-in required. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or Pennsylvania. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay, producer number eight, is here as well. Uh, so, Jeff, uh, folks asking if I have any tennis plays because obviously uh, it has been quite the tennis hard-court season, and I've sort of, since the U.S. Open, said, yeah, we'll just wait for uh, for Indian Wells next week. But I am playing one here that starts in about a half hour, and so if people... Here's here's the thing, though. I played it last night at minus 118. It's already at minus 139, I'm saying. That's eh, a little too high. If you can get this at minus 135 or better, Teresa Martinkova, uh, I am playing her... Uh, Teresa Martin Kova is the play this morning over uh, Tamara Zdancic. So that's in Chicago. That starts, at least it's scheduled to start, in about a half hour. So it's Teresa Martin Kova over Tamara Zdancic. Martin Kova is the play, but don't play it over minus 135. That's the one play that I have this morning. So enjoy that, tennis folks out there. That'll tie you over to, to Indian Wells next week, where uh, Emma Raducanu has just gotten a wild card. So what a what a field that is for tennis's fifth major next week, a, a fifth major that usually takes place in March. And if you recall, back in uh, 2020, that was the first big sporting event that was canceled, even before the college basketball conference tournaments where we were here live on a numbers game, me, parlay, and crack. Uh, when it was happening in real time, but it was really the previous Sunday. I remember I was taking a flight back from San Francisco, and I was in the airport on a Sunday night, and they announced Indian Wells was canceled, and that's when you sort of knew. You're like, oh, no, the world is about to change. Uh, Okay, so we talked a little offensive rookie of the year last night on primetime action in the NFL, Jeffrey, um, which is a pretty fascinating market, even after three weeks, because the big mover in this is the Bengals wideout Jamar Chase, who scored two two more touchdowns on Sunday. He's got four touchdowns through three games as the Burrow-Chase connection continues from college right into the pros. Mac Jones still the short shot at BetMGM at plus 425. Look at Jamar at plus 450. Trey Lance is the only other person in single digits, and I really don't quite know why. At 8-1, to one, Trey Lance seeing very little playing time on the field. And everybody else is double-digit. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Matt Nagy saying, eh, I don't know who's starting on Sunday. He's really not trying to put Justin Fields up in there. Najee Harris is at 11-1, to and then you see the uh, cavalcade of others, longer shots than that. So, Jeff, I, I sort of ask you, here's the question, I'll let you ask and I'll follow up, but Jamar Chase plus 450, does that interest you at all? Kind of does, for one reason only. The rookie quarterbacks have all been dreadful. And you look at the way that, first off, Jamar Chase couldn't catch the ball in the in the preseason because he claimed the ball was too big. Remember, right. remember that? It, was, it wasn't oh, too big. It didn't have the stripes on it. Sorry, it had the stripes the wrong, yeah. wrong way. But, look, 
he's been phenomenal so far. And if Joe Burrow stays upright, Chase is going to get his. And look, Gil, I know it's only three weeks, but the early returns we've had on all these quarterbacks have been horrible. And Mac Jones, I think it's I don't think it's getting much better for Mac Jones this year. I think we may have already seen the better performances. He's gonna struggle. There just aren't enough weapons on that offense, especially if Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry are gonna be terrible like they were this past week. Johnu Smith legitimately handed a pick six to New Orleans. Trevor Lawrence hasn't shown me anything in that coaching staff. We well documented on this show. We don't think it's any good. Zach Wilson's in an offense with no talent and no offensive line. That's a problem. Uh, look, I think the only guy on that board you can look at and say, hmm, maybe he's worth the bet is Najee Harris at 11-1 because he may legitimately touch the ball 500 times this year. That That's the – Najee Harris is interesting because, yeah, he got 19 targets last week. If you get 19 targets week after week after week, let's just say, then you might be in play. The only issue I have with Jamar Chase is this. Last, week, last year, Justin Jefferson had a spectacular – rookie season for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and he was trumped by Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, obviously, a spectacular quarterbacking season as a rookie for the Chargers. Lung puncturing assist by the Chargers doctor on Terod Taylor to make that happen. So just know even in, even with a outstanding, and when I talk about an outstanding rookie season for Justin Jefferson, that was like one of the great rookie wide receiver campaigns in history. Like that was right up there with Randy Moss's rookie campaign. So what about like the last, and that, that wasn't really close that vote. Herbert wanted going away. We're talking about the AP offensive rookie of the year. The last time that a, that a player not, that was not a quarterback one, this was Saquon Barkley. And in the Saquon Barkley year, Baker Mayfield was second, but that was a much closer vote so remember how spectacular Saquon was with the Giants. The last time a wideout won Offensive Rookie of the Year was Odell Beckham Jr. And that was a year where Zach Martin finished second, an offensive lineman. So all of that to say, these things are so quarterback biased, right? So even when Saquon, when he, when Saquon won, he barely beat Baker Mayfield. When OBJ won, there was not a quarterback in sight. An offensive lineman was second. And Justin Jefferson, who put together one of the great wideout rookie campaigns ever, couldn't beat Justin Herbert. So I guess what I'm saying here is, for you to bet on Jamar Chase, you would also have to probably make the calculus that none of these other guys, not Mac Jones, not Trey Lance, not Trevor Lawrence, not Justin Fields, not Zach Wilson, not any of them, are going to have anywhere near the type of season that is going to make voters just automatically go to them because those voters are trying to make this a quarterback. But if none of the quarterbacks, like you said, if that would be the, the thing. If none of the quarterbacks perform, then look, if Chase is by far the best rookie, you have to give it to him. You just, at that point, Gil, I mean, look again. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, I, 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 so I completely against it. Look, yeah. Justin Jefferson last year was absolutely extraordinary. The problem for him was Justin Herbert was absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. And if two guys are extraordinary, it's going to the quarterback. But here's so let me just give you a scenario. Let's say let's say, you know, Jamar Chase is not Justin Jefferson. He's like a notch below that, which is probably conservative. If if Mac Jones even make if the Patriots make the playoffs, it's a big if, right? Big if. But if they make the playoffs, it's almost like Mac Jones is automatically regardless of what his numbers put up. Or 
if Trevor Lawrence, and I put this out last night, if the Jaguars go, another big if, but let's say in a 17-game schedule, let's say the Jaguars somehow muster, I don't know, a 5-12, and 12, a 4-13. and 13. Let's say they do that. So they're a terrible team, but, you know, they won you know, several ball games. And Trevor Lawrence puts up not Justin Herbert numbers, but, like, really fine rookie numbers. I think they almost want to give it to Trevor Lawrence at that point versus a Jamar Chase, if he's not Randy Moss-like. Well, that's the thing, and, and you are right. Like, Look at any of these quarterbacks that are playing. You'd even throw Wilson, who's been a mess so far through three weeks in there. Yeah. Um, if any of these guys for the last two months of the season put up really good numbers, and heck, I mean, this goes for Jacksonville and the Jets, if somehow either of those teams gets to five, it's probably because those quarterbacks yeah. are so outstanding that they probably do deserve the award. Uh, I don't think either of those teams are getting to five. Those that's are all the, big ifs. I get that's it. The, that's the issue. And, and look, Gil, the biggest argument against this is two years ago. Because Josh Jacobs, until December, was pretty clearly the rookie of the year in the NFL. And then Kyler Murray played one really good month. That's right. And it was over. It, it was over. It was it, over. It, was, it, it wasn't even a close we did, vote. We didn't even end. remember how to spell Josh Jacobs at yeah, that point. It, it wasn't close in the end. What's interesting about this conversation, one, the Najee Harris thing is the one thing, right? If they kept feeding him week after week, that would be one thing. The, the guy we haven't even mentioned, Kyle Pitts, right? 22 to 1, who three weeks ago, as recently as three weeks ago, if we told him about this, if we, if we told ourselves, our three weeks ago selves that we were having this conversation three weeks forward and we're not even mentioning Kyle Pitts, we would have been like, what happened? Did he get hurt? That's how bad the Falcons are. Gil, That's it's, how bad they are. Gil, it, Kyle Pitts could end up being the, in the Waller-Kelsey-Kittle range, yeah. and that still may end up being the wrong pick by a lot. That's what I said. I said That's, how, I, that's how ridiculous. I said that to Lombardi two weeks ago. If he's in the Hall of Fame, it still might not be a good pick. Because what did you do to your franchise for the for the short term? You have two real uh, some Tennessee Titans notes here before break. Yes, uh, Ian Rappaport on the report. Uh, Julio Jones' status for Sunday up in the air. AJ Brown may miss a week or two with his injury as well. So Ooh. it's possible that the Titans are without their top two receivers. The one good news for them, they have the Jets this weekend. AJ Brown out though, just to not clarify. confirmed. Yet, not confirmed. It, it, it could knock him out a week or two. Could be without both of their. Star wideouts. But again, as Jeff said, it is the Jets. We'll come back. We'll talk to Jason Weingarten. Awards. His thoughts with a few games left. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.